Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Roll for Persuasion, your show where I chat with cool people about the cool and nerdy things they love. I've got one of those cool people with me today. We'll get to him in just a moment. But before we do, a shout out to friend of the show, actually a friend of the uh, guests that we're about to have on, and I'm sure we'll dive into that, but the fantastic people over at Hero Forge, where you can go and make uh, amazing custom miniatures for your tabletop games. Um, I never stop talking about them because they never stop making awesome stuff. So go check them out, heroforge.com. Pick one of the, I think, limitless options for making the exact character that you want, all the different uh, creatures and, and spell abilities. And like, you can, I think, actually put two people on a printed pedestal now. I, I don't know. They're doing all sorts of cool stuff over there. So go check it out. Get some minis. Fill up your table. Uh, it's one of the my favorite ways to play. And it really, uh, really kind of, you know, adds the personal touch to your game. So go check them out at Hero Forge Minis on socials, heroforge.com. And as promised, there is a cool person here today, as there is every week here on Roll for Persuasion, but a guy I've done a little bit of work with in the past who has a project coming up that I am very excited about to see come to fruition and I think really kind of like usher in a whole new way to play tabletop games. So I'm super excited to welcome Grant Anderson, CEO of Mirrorscape, longtime gamer. Um, you know his nerd cred is real because on our video chat, I can see a wampa head uh, hanging behind <laughs> his shoulder. Uh, so Grant, what's going on, man? How you doing, Andrew? Thank you. Nice to be here. Normally, I try and tease the interview to like get to like the big thing we have to talk about, but I want to talk about Mirror Escape. Like, right? We'll get to you, but I want to talk about Mirror Escape, <laughs> and I'll let you explain what it is. But I, I think during my work with Dwarven Forge, you and I started talking, and we had some meetings with because you guys are partnered with Dwarven Forge on this thing. So I've I've been hearing and seeing some of the stuff about Mirror Escape for a while now, and now we're. Uh, as of, I think today, we're coming up on a very big moment for y'all. So what is, what is Mirrorscape? What can people expect when they check out this cool new tool? Mirrorscape is our company and our first product is actually called Arcana, uh, capital A-R for augmented reality. So it's an augmented reality tabletop gaming platform. So it's kind of like a virtual tabletop, but it's all done with augmented reality. Um, which, you know, we really tried to keep the authentic nature of being around the tabletop. Um, so this lets you play, you know, instead of being kind of trapped behind a computer screen, um, like on some web-based type solutions, you can actually sit around the tabletop and see your friends and play with them, uh, really enjoy the role-playing aspect of it, but then also project onto your tabletop lifelike, realistic-looking 3D miniatures and terrain that you can all play with, and you can build limitlessly because... Once you have a piece, you can use it as much as you want. So you can fill up your table with builds that you would maybe never necessarily be able to afford um, with actually physical product. It's one of those things, um, and we'll put links, by the way, in the show notes. Everybody can go check it out, uh, both your website and the Kickstarter, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but it's one of those things that like, I feel... I don't know, it seems so magical to people. I think just listening to us talk about it, people are, are still not even going to get the full realization of just how cool this yeah. tool is I, I think even even when i've tried to explain to people in the past the immediate reaction has been like well i don't want to sit down at a table and just stare at my tablet i'm like no 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 like like you're you're bo you're thinking is boxed in like the idea of being able to um use the augmented reality to explore like this cool custom build and share it with people who aren't at the table and like uh, get down and into the details in a way you you really can't. I mean, you can't crawl on your hands and knees on top of your gaming table and stick your face down on the terrain. That doesn't work. But you can <laughs> kind of do that, like with y'all's with the Arcana platform. So I'm I'm just super excited about it. Yeah, exactly. It, it is really hard to explain. I mean, I've been working in virtual and augmented reality for 
oh gosh, coming on like eight years now. Um, did a lot of big, speaking of nerdy fun things, a lot of big location-based experiences like with Marvel and with um, How to Train Your Dragon and DreamWorks and things like that. Um, we actually go and put on, you know, backpacks and computer backpacks and headsets and it tracks all your movements and all that stuff. Um, but all the while I was thinking of this, it's all <laughs> over those eight years of trying to, to describe to someone an immersive experience in a 2D medium or a screenshot or a video is really, really hard. You really do have to see it to believe it. And, you know, when we show people like we showed, um, you know, we've got you can see on our website, um, which is mirrorscape.com, you can see all the reaction videos. And we were lucky enough to actually capture these. And these are all real. They're not staged, but like Matthew Lillard seeing it for the first time, losing his mind. Uh, he's like, oh my God, I've seen the future. And this is it. He's like literally blown away. Um, so you really do kind of need to see it in person. But um, yeah, it's, you know, I kind of attributed to like right now you've got to, you know, we're shipping on what people have available to them, which is their phones and their tablets, right? And that's in their pocket. So it's always accessible. Uh, you know, it's very immediate. You can pick up, you know, last night's or last weekend's gaming session at lunch or whatever. And just, you know, you've always got this with you, right? You don't need to have a PC. It can be your phone, it can be your tablet, uh, any of those things. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of immediacy with that too, but what's cool about it is you can actually get in with your camera and just like you're sticking your head, like you say, into the build, you can use your camera, your PC and be what I call your own cameraman. So you can walk around the table. You can see it from any angle as, as if it's actually sitting there. And the cool part is everybody who's sitting around the table it actually synchronizes your viewpoints. So everybody who's around the table is actually seeing it from their own angle, from their own view, as if it was actually sitting there like a hologram. Um, and, you know, just kind of a little bit of backstory, like, the whole idea, like I, I, people ask me, well, why did you, you know, I, I started this about three years ago, almost exactly three years ago this Christmas. Um, and we were like, why did you start to really, you know, augmented reality is still so new and it's still so far out there. But I'm like, yeah, but I know what's coming, right? Like this is the year that we're going to start seeing the augmented reality glasses drop. And this has always been a day one proposition for those augmented reality glasses, right? And that's where the magic's gonna happen. You put on the augmented reality glasses and it's a friction-free experience. Right now we're using your phone and tablet and it's a kind of a window in that world, but it's still amazing, right? Like, you know, you can have it sitting on your table and you can see that, you can pick it up whenever you need to, you can do your role playing. So it really is very much, you know, like you're looking at a hologram, but always been intended for the glasses, which um, we're gonna start seeing soon. And I think that's one of the things that was exciting to me when I first kind of talked with you all about it and, and learned more about the platform is that I've always been like an early adopter of technology and uh, just just loved all the different things that you can do with tech. And that was one of the things that sold me like about y'all is that uh, you weren't waiting until the platform like the the glasses or whatever were ready and mature because at that point, honestly, you're almost, you're too late in tech, like having it ready to go yeah. so it can be a highlight feature of Apple glasses or whatever they're going to call them or Facebook set that's going to be coming out rather than saying, Hey, we've got a cool thing. Now that the platform's out, you're going to see our cool thing in two years. And then at that point it's going to be, it's going to be outdated. Um, so props to you for seeing the future and being ready, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, years ago when the internet first, you know, right around 2000, when the internet really started taking off, I had all these ideas. Like I had the idea for Netflix and I had the idea for this, you know, all these crazy ideas that went on to be these ginormous, you know, really cool, crazy companies in the internet age. And I was determined that that's not going to happen this time uh, with what we're calling basically like Web3 or the new internet, right? All of this augmented reality world that we're going to be living in. And make no mistake, like, you know, I still get a lot of people, well, I don't know, you know, it's gonna, I don't know if I want to wear the glasses and Google Glass and all that stuff. But, you know, that's what people said about these things that I have in my ears right now, which are the white Apple, you know, 
Exactly. The Apple Watch, the Apple AirPods and all that stuff, the white stocks that came out. Everybody's like, those look really stupid. And then two months later, everybody's walking around the street and they're a fashion statement, right? Right. So, you know, the first glasses are, these are like the hardest technology I think one of that's ever been created. Like there's just so many sensors and, and cameras and all kinds of things that are going to be in, in this tech. It's really hard. So the first you know, round is going to be more like ski goggle-ish and maybe a thinner, lighter VR headset kind of thing that's both augmented and virtual reality um, for very much early adopters and for developers like ourselves and, and whatnot. But make no mistake that um, there's way too much money pouring into this from these trillion-dollar companies um, where pretty soon they're just going to be like a normal pair of glasses um, that you wear and that projects light onto your retinas and mixes all of this computer-generated imagery with real life. It's going to be a game changer. The cell phone will go away. I think probably within five to eight years, Apple has publicly said, you know, within 10 years, they're looking for kind of the death of the iPhone and we'll be moving into an augmented reality future. So I think anywhere between five and 10 years, but um, you're going to start seeing some major advancements even in the next two or three. And, you know, I'm, I'm jumping into this again, as somebody who um, is familiar with a lot of this tech and excited about this future, but realizing not everybody, we say augmented reality and that doesn't, we, we know what that means and we can picture what that looks like, but maybe for somebody who's not familiar with that, who's a very analog type person, like what is augmented reality as a technology? Virtual reality was kind of the first thing. And I think most people have heard about that, right? Um, and, you know, it's where everybody's wearing the dorky looking goggles and flailing around in their living rooms, uh, having fun. But they're, you know, they're immersed in a fully virtual world. So, you know, basically there's, there's you know, two screens in there and you're seeing a stereo depth perception simulated world. You're basically living inside a video game, right? Um, so it takes over your entire perception, all of your, you know, everything. Augmented reality, on the other hand, and this is why Apple has always kind of said that they were, you know, much more into augmented reality than virtual reality is kind of an everyday, all day proposition. You're wearing a pair of glasses that are like a normal pair of glasses. So you can see the real world, but it's also using like various technologies that are waveguides that actually shoot light in and project it on your retinas so that you can mix computer generated imagery with the real world. But what's cool about it is they have all of these different sensors and things in there. Like you have the LiDAR sensors on your iPhone right now, that kind of crazy fourth camera that nobody really knows what it does that enables all this cool augmented reality stuff is actually a, a depth camera. So it actually knows how far all of these pixels are within the world. So because of that, and the glasses will have the same thing, we can then put a character behind a table, right? An avatar behind a table. And we can actually mix all of these objects into the world. And then you couple that with GPS, right? And with all the mapping that people have done, you know, all these cars from Google and Apple that are driving around the streets um, aren't just for mapping for maps for cars and Apple Maps and Google Maps. They're actually taking pictures and imagery of all these buildings so that when you are in augmented reality and I am on the street, it knows where I am, pretty well with GPS, but now the cameras will also know what I'm looking at and they will know exactly what I'm looking at because of all the map data that they've taken. And now they can augment on top of that. They can put restaurant menus above the actual restaurant. You can change billboards from one thing to another, right? I mean, think about the legal ramifications of that, right? Like, you know, you've got billboards and I, I did the Spider-Man movies. So like, you know, we're had to, on Spider-Man 1, one of the big things is this is one of the first movies that ever went in and changed all the billboards in downtown New York and Times Square. And we got sued. 
because the advertising companies spend a lot of money on that, right? So that they're seen in television and films. Yeah, yeah. And here we go changing them in, in these shots in the film. Well, imagine that happening all the time, immediately on the fly in augmented reality. We can do that and change those just for you. So you'll see your ads, you know, something you clicked on in the morning in your computer will be up on a billboard as you're traveling down the street. Crazy stuff. Like for, for sports fans, many of them don't even realize that this is happening right now. If you watch an NBA game and it's happening on your TV screen mm -hmm. versus like an actual goggles, but the advertisements that you see on the court are changing constantly because um, they're, they're being digitally overlaid. And this is, that's like a much more, uh, um, I don't want to say barbaric, but like a, a much more stripped down version of what you're talking about. But it's like dynamic placement of content. And then you start expanding that, yeah. you know, the, the marketer in me starts going crazy. And this is where I'm, the money starts getting interesting, right? Is yeah. now you're talking about companies being able to dynamically market specific content to specific people in interactive ways in the real world. I mean, you can do this with Google on your phone right now, right? You can, you can hold That's up Google right. maps and scan and say like, oh, okay, there's a Starbucks that way. I'm going to, you know, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And I mean, and that's why we call the company Mirrorscape, right? Like the mirror world is the world of augmented reality. It's a mirror of our own, a mirror and a reflection of our own world, right? With all these different layers of data on top of it. And you can even do that, right? You can download map set data, like what kind of overlays you want to see on Google Maps, right? You can see, you know, parks, you can see, you know, um, restaurants, you can see all kinds of different data sets. So people in the future will be able to publish their own data sets as well as, you know, official stuff and overlay their world with all these different kinds of information. So it's kind of scary because talk about like, you know, some of the troubles we have today in terms of politics where we can both be looking at something and see something completely different. Literally, we will be looking at the same thing and seeing something totally different in augmented reality because we can all have our own individual feeds of what we see. It's a little scary in that regard. So it's, you know, there's gonna be amazing things like any technology, amazing stuff come out of it and some scary stuff too, but and if you take your sports analogy, like, you know, not only billboards, but when they put, you know, now they're tracking the players and their sports scores that float over their head, right, or their stats, um, that's very much an augmented reality thing, right? You'll be able to track people and movements, like when you, you know, if you ever tried on like virtual glasses in AR with your camera, that's tracking stuff to people. So there's, you know, just all kinds of ways we're going to be able to augment people, places, and things in the real world. And if I drop something in the real world, that goes into a cache that if you then come down with your, you know, walk by the street into the park with your AR glasses, you can see if you're subscribing to my data feed, what I dropped in the park, right? And so you can imagine all the very cool ways that this leads to gaming, right? And to tabletop games and to the evolution of that. The the big obvious example for, for like nerds and gamers is Pokemon Go, right? Like, uh, you know, that was, the, uh, yeah. I think, and Niantic had done stuff with that before, but that was the really big mainstream for a lot of people of like, oh, I'm holding my phone up. I can see the Charizard right there or whatever it was you happen to catch. We blew past this a little bit because I think we were just excited to talk about it, but not only like, like your platform and Arcana is not just for looking at stuff like it's an actual building platform, right? People will be able to create miniature setups for their games, you know, encounters, castles, dungeons, that sort of thing. How, how is that going to work? Yeah, definitely. So this is very much, um, you know, a platform. So it's fully networked. Um, obviously, like, you know, uh, any virtual tabletop, you can come in and you can get around the table. But, you know, like I said, what separates us is you can actually do it around a real table and still see each other or you can be virtual. Right. And those people that are missing can beam in. You can see their video and their avatars and, and all of that stuff. But, yeah, really, it's about the creator economy. Right. Being able to to make things. Um, and so, you know, 
we have a, a, a long roadmap ahead of all the features that we're adding, but right now you can lay out, you know, crazy maps. And like I said, build as big as your dreams because you're, there's no more limits anymore. Right. Um, so you can make these giant, you know, builds on your table or your floors or whatever. You also don't have to store all that stuff, which is nice. It can fit in your pocket, yeah. which is a big deal because right behind me, behind that uh, Wampa hat that you were talking about earlier is stacks and stacks of tubs of plastic and all kinds of stuff. Right. And, right. Yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to take with you on the fly and really do, you know, ad hoc gaming. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, the creator economy, so you'll be able to build your own maps. You'll be able to, you know, upload those to, to our marketplace and allow people to, to download all that. Um, you'll be able to, um, paint your own minis. That's a big part of the hobby, right? Um, I sucked at, at it as a kid. <laughs> I wish I was better. Um, they're so small, right? So now imagine now that you can zoop, blow up your mini to the size of a little gnome statue on your desk in augmented reality and finger paint or paint with virtual brushes, right? Using official paints. And then all of that stuff can be put on the marketplace as well. So people, you know, people will be contributing to this and, you know, being able to upload all their creations in terms of paint jobs, in terms of uh, be able to sculpt terrain uh, and rivers and, and mountains and all that stuff where all of the uh, terrain and minis can and not nestle into that stuff. Got a lot of cool things that we're uh, developing that are going to be coming out here. But, you know, the cool part is then it all looks like we're going for, for again, that authentic tabletop feel to make it feel realistic. So these things actually look like real miniatures and minis uh, and terrain and things that you're used to playing with. And then, like you said, it's just an experience that's going to keep growing. I mean, if, if you're someone like me, uh, you know, who grew up loving games like the Sims where you're building this world, like with the yeah. Sims, like it's, it's like that taken to the next, uh, degree and, and really cool ways. And I imagine, you know, you mentioned like ad hoc gaming, I, I think about going to conventions, right. And playing games at conventions, like this idea of like, um, if you want to, you can still sit down pen and paper theater of the mind, but like you could go to a convention and it could be like, Hey, pull out your phone or, or put on your glasses. If we're at the point where people have them boom, there's a map prepared. There's Strahd's castle in its crazy detail. There's uh, spell effects and things happening. Like, yeah. all, like the, the storytelling potential is just so great. Yeah, exactly. And we're experimenting with that too, right? Because a lot of people, you know, so we're very much kind of like the mortal version of Minecraft or Roblox for the tabletop gaming set, right? Where you're able to build all, build and share all these worlds, right? And add interactions and stuff in there. And we're going to be adding, of course, you know, the spell effects and weather stuff and interactive traps and all those things. But yeah, you can, you know, we're looking at even people like a lot of people just love to build in these things, right? <laughs> even like play those games. When I was a kid, I used to just draw and draw and draw and draw all kinds of, you know, D&D maps, right? And I actually found all of those, and we're going to be bringing them into the Mirascape platform. All of my old maps that I had as a kid are actually going to build up in uh, all the terrain and, and, and release those as well. But I used to love just building as a kid. And um, I think a lot of people will do that, and maybe they'll just be a lot of builders that put all their creations up on the marketplace, right? Um, but, you know, all of this stuff is playable too. So... Yeah, I think, you know, you're going to have a cross section of that. But, um, you know, we've got some crazy plans for some of the stuff that we're going to do uh, to really let you, you know, build. And, of course, build as big as your dreams and without limits because, you know, you're in augmented reality. Even though it looks like it's sitting on your tabletop, we don't have to worry about gravity. We can have things that fly or float or that are underwater. Um, so you can imagine, um, you know, the different scenarios that you can create. And then also... 
a lot of people were talking about Kyle Newman, who you know um, is one of the members of our team, and he wrote uh, D&D's Art and Arcana and the Heroes Feast Cookbook, um, doing a lot of work with Wizards of the Coast and official D&D stuff, but uh, uh, he's a big contributor to our team. And he, you know, talks about the theory of the mind stuff all the time. You can literally just set up dioramas and use this as a storytelling aspect and a way to set the scene, right? And bring in some mist and bog and brovia and like things like that. Um, and, you know, have it there on your tabletop and, you know, be able to set the scene, whether or not you actually have combat in that area. So I think there's a lot of different ways that people are going to use the platform. I think that's a great point because I, I bring that up with people too, uh, with uh, tools like D&D Beyond. Um, because people tend to look thing, look at things as like a binary, like, oh, you're either playing digitally or you're playing pen and paper, analog, whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 like you can use it to enhance. Like it doesn't have to take over or replace something. That's like right. I play, I play D and D with my character sheet up on D and D beyond. And I don't always want to roll a fistful of dice to figure out if I hit a door or not. Like, so I just tap that quickly. But if I'm fighting the bad guy, then I do want that, you know, I want my big D20. And like same thing as you're saying, right. I love that example that it can just be ambiance setting. It can be a storytelling aid. It can be used. Hell, it can be used outside your D&D games. I'll mess with this with my daughter and she'll like lose her mind that we can like build a little castle on the floor just on the yeah, iPad. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people just want to build this stuff. Like, and, um, you know, Eric McIntyre, who is a, a big gamer and runs the LA D&D Society, he's also a member of our team. He's our primary builder and he just loves building. You know, just building and building and building stuff. So I think there's going to definitely be that segment. Um, and you, like, to your point of augmenting, right? That's this is augmented reality. Like, you can augment. Like, if you own physical sets, like you have Dwarven Forge sets, obviously. Uh, um, you know, I still love owning physical stuff, and I'm like, oh, these are so cool, and you, you know, you want that stuff, and so you can build it. But if you can't afford everything, then you can come back in and augment it, right? Because they, you can even mix and match. You could have a room that's physical, and then augment it with a bunch of extra stuff that you may never be able to build. Um, so you can op- absolutely have them, you know, side by side or do the room and then drop this room down like an augmented reality. So you can mix and match in that way for sure. So we, we've already established like your nerd credentials, if you will. Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, Kyle being on your team, like, like what went into taking this from a concept that you had in your head or maybe with your friends to, to being a, a business or a company or an actual tool? Like how do you go about finding like-minded people to help this become a reality or an augmented reality? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, The origin story, the geek origin story. So, you know, I mean, I grew up playing ever since I was seven years old and I always tell the story, but it's like, you know, how I got into it. So I grew up in central Illinois, uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, And as a kid, there was very few people to play with, but a childhood friend actually- Lots of corn though. Lots of corn, definitely lots of corn. yeah, literally lots of corn. You can you can always tell when a town ends there. Unlike here in California where I live now, where it's just town, town, town. You can't ever tell. You can yeah. tell when you're leaving because there's the corn. And you know you're now leaving the town until you get to the next one. Um, but this childhood friend of mine invited me over and said, hey, you are, you know, and this was dating myself, the late 70s, you know, just after D&D started getting rolling and not many people knew what it was. He said, yeah, why don't you come over and play this game Dungeons and Dragons? I'm like, well, what the hell is that? I'm like... Like, okay, sounds cool. So we, you know, we went over down into the furnished basement as you have in the Midwest. And uh, his dad was the DM and was this master painter. Speaking of like being able to paint amazing minis. And I had no idea, again, any of this or what this entailed or that was part of the hobby, but he had all of them up on their bar, right? This big long bar top. And he's like, yeah, you know, um, you get to create a character and then pick a mini or pick a mini and create a character around that. So I did, I made a wizard. And um, 
it was just amazing and just got to pick the most coolest, you know, painted mini ever. And then we started going on these adventures and he brought out all the painted monster minis. And I just lost my mind. I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And just right up my alley, you know, in terms of, of role play and, you know, just play as a kid. Right. And then, you know, I played my whole life, but it gets harder and harder. Right. I always say time and distance is the enemy of, of this game uh, or sure. these games, tabletop gaming. Um, you know, you go to high school and you lose interest and then you go to college and then you get a job and you have families and it just gets harder and harder. So I've always been looking for ways to remote play. And we have that, right, with Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it always kind of kept me wanting because it's very much like a Zoom call or it's very flat, right? And I wanted to create what was an authentic tabletop experience. So my whole career, I mean, I was actually a computer engineer by degree. And I worked at Apple uh, very early on and actually worked on the QuickTime uh, media team and their QuickTime VR products. So even in the mid 90s, I don't know if you remember, but they had QuickTime VR, which was a very, mm -hmm. you know, simplistic version of it. So it's really interesting how everything comes back around, but engineer by degree. And then I got into visual effects and films and moved to Los Angeles and worked in, um, uh, on Titanic and Matrix and Lord of the Rings and all the Spider-Man films. So, you know, D and D and Spider Man and Star Wars; those were all my favorite things as a kid. So I've pretty yeah. much worked on almost all of them, which has been amazing. Yeah, I mean, so I got into visual effects, and then I got into three D filmmaking, and you know, actual stereo three D, like uh, we used to have just a few years ago in the theaters. And then all of that led to virtual and augmented reality, right? And Facebook bought Oculus, uh, $2 billion changes hands and really kind of lights a fire under you, right? Like you can see where the industry is going to go. And I would all, was always, you know, from those Apple days, really interested in virtual reality and from the, you know, uh, earlier attempts in video game history at that, which had failed. Um, so I, you know, really entered the industry and I've been working in augmented virtual reality for eight years. Like I said, doing, you know, kind of bigger location-based things, really high-end experiences. But all the while in the back of my head, I go, this was the perfect marriage of a technology to gameplay, right? Um, and really kind of the holy grail. And I, again, I knew that the glasses were going to be coming out soon uh, within a couple of years, and I wanted to, to get ahead of it. And so I looked around, uh, and again, this was about three years ago, and nobody, I thought for sure someone was doing this. Nobody was. And so I'm like, or nobody that I could find anyways. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna just screw it all i'm gonna roll up my engineering sleeves and dig in and build this thing myself i'm like yeah i'll just have some fun with it and you know it started out as a hobby but i just really got into it and i had throughout my whole life as a kid like you know i was into computers very early on um and programming and and you know building stuff and the old hyper card for macintosh and things like that and all these tools and flash and whatnot. And I would build all these D and D tools like character sheets, makers, and, you know, uh, dungeon generators and all these things. So this was totally up my alley, but you know, now we have such greater tools available to us. So I just started developing all of this in unity and unity is a, a 3d game engine that a lot of games are made from unity and unreal are probably the best two known ones. Um, most people are probably familiar with. And just started developing it and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and i was having a great time and uh my friend was a friend with uh eric mcintyre who's a member of our company and he was running the la dnd &D society he goes oh you guys both like dnd &D. you should you know you should talk so i did and then he introduced me to kyle um and then kyle introduced me to joe manganello um who everyone knows is you know superstar rockstar dnd &D player so he's uh become a member of our company as a creative director as well 
So it just kind of started taking it on its life of its own. And everybody was loving it. Like I said, they were, you know, blown away even at early prototypes and could see the potential. And then um, Don Bland, who is my uh, co-founder, um, he and I used to work at Sony Pictures uh, when I was running their 3D center. And he was running a 3D television network called 3Net. Um, and we kept in touch, you know, over the years, every couple of months to grab a drink or a coffee or something. And I just got to the point where I felt I could show it to someone. And I said, hey, look. You know, take a look at this. And he was doing some, um, you know, investing and working with other companies in this space. Uh, and he was going to take some of the money and do another news app. And I'm like, who the, who needs another news app in this right, world, right? right? Um, and so I said, look at this. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. He goes, this is just, you know, insert language here, amazing. And uh so he's like, we need to start a company. And I go, yeah, we do. And so that's how Mirrorscape was born about uh, two and a half years ago. And then we've just been, um, you know, building up the company and pushing forward development. And now we're uh, in crazy hiring mode um, and, uh, you know, getting a lot of developers on board to really ramp up development and um, push this thing over the finish line. Um, the Kickstarter does launch today. And then we are going to, you know, part of that will be an early beta access uh, and then following with the uh, initial release of the product uh, towards the end of the year, fall, winter of this year. It's crazy, man. Like it, it, it's yeah. cool how it all came together, almost like a D&D story, your party slowly building, getting your quest like now, you know, now you're here. Parallels. Right? That's exactly how it is. And yeah, it feels like a quest. It sure does. Uh and it's been really, you know, I worked on all these crazy movies and all these really cool things, and that was all cool. But this has been one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done because it's something that just was in your head and that you can bring it to life, right? Like giving birth. It really is true, that analogy. Um, so it's been incredibly rewarding, and uh, it's really great, you know, starting to see people take advantage of it and um, get excited about it. Uh, and just to see their reactions, um, you know, when you, when you show something to the world, especially for the first time, like incredibly nerve wracking, like, are they going to like it? Is it, you know, they said, you suck, you know, like, you know, who knows? But, um, one of the first times that we ever took it out was at a place called two bit circus, um, downtown LA, which is this big, crazy, um, warehouse full of like high end video games and location based experiences and VR and all that kind of stuff. They had a beta night and we took it there and, you know, these guys, you know, these are early adopters for sure. Everybody coming in to play really high-end video games and all that stuff. And, you know, everybody was just blown away by it. So that was a great feeling being able to show it to the world and, uh, you know, not have it crash. Number one at beta night was amazing, uh, which was a good enough step. But then to have people really digging it was, um, was just amazing. What sort of, if you can, if you can talk about this, cause I imagine there's stuff, you know, and, and kind of stuff you guys have projected out that you're looking forward to doing that you can't come bring up for any reason, but do you have, I mean, you, you made the distinction that Mirrorscape is a company and, and Arcana is like one of the first products of that. Like, what do you envision if you are right now, the, the evolution of Mirrorscape as a company being like, what else are you hoping to bring into the space at some point? Sure. Um, yeah, it's very much, I mean, yes, we do have a lot of things in mind. And no, I can't talk about a lot of them. But just in general terms, I mean, it's kind of like what I was talking about before with, um, you know, the evolution of the technology and very much becoming like a, a, a Niantic um, Pokemon Go style, um, not competitor, there's going to be room for everybody. I mean, it's, you know, going to be so much um, stuff that you can do with this technology. But 
you know, we are starting with a very easily to understand concept, right? We are a better virtual tabletop because you can actually see it's actually on your table. We say our tagline is bringing the table back to tabletop gaming, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where you're actually using your table again instead of a computer screen or whatever. Um, so, you know, that's a very easy to understand thing um, to get people involved, to get people on the platform to really understand what we're doing. But we are definitely looking at, you know, the ways that this technology can evolve gameplay in the future, right? Like, we're all playing this way because this is what we started with pens and paper and then onto the web and, you know, now in augmented reality, replicating the things that we know. But with this technology, how can we change gameplay, right? So we always say taking it from the tabletop and then into your living room and out in the world at large, like your Pokemon Go kind of thing. So we have lots of plans to evolve how you play games uh, in terms of bringing really cool um, puzzle type elements and things like that into your living room. So I'll just give an example. Like imagine that you are, you know, on your tabletop and you're coming up to a chest and you have to disarm the chest, right, to get to the treasure. So normally you would roll dice and, you know, compare that to your stats and, and all of that to find out whether you succeed or fail. Well, we can still do some of that, but now imagine that you come up to that in augmented reality in your augmented reality tabletop map, and then the, the map disappears and the chest drops down in your living room. Now you all work together to disarm the chest right? Physically doing it, right? Like as a puzzle, like one of my favorite yeah, things yeah. in games is puzzles and handouts, right? Well, now we can hand out an actual thing, like you're actually in there, right? You're actually solving these puzzles within the game, uh, in addition to dice rolls and things like that. So like, how do we start to evolve the way people play the games, you know, now that we have this technology available? And then, you know, you succeed and you either get the poison gas, or you succeed and you get the treasure, or you fail and you get the poison gas, and that can all shoot out. So we can really do these cool, amazing things. So you know, we're, we're working on how we evolve the platform and be able to plug in all of these different modules that other that people can develop, ourselves and others that can develop, right? And giving the tool set to be able to create those kinds of experiences. And that's a little bit further down the line, not much, but, um, you know, this is how we see, you know, how do we evolve the state of gameplay? I don't know what you do in your games, but in, in our home game, when we have a big moment, we decorate, right? Like we, when we launch a new campaign or we have dinner with Strahd, like we go over to our friend's house and it's like all the ambiance is there. But the idea awesome. of being able to put your um, whatever the the tech will be called, glasses, goggles, whatever on, and at the push of a button, like your home is transformed, right? And the processing power behind that would uh, not going to be first gen or second. Like that's a lot of processing power. But not as much as you would think. Really? Well, now I'm getting excited. But like real time torches and like the music and there's like fog effects and you're walking through your own space and then you sit down at your table and everything's real time and like that kind of thing. Just I, I light up. I love that stuff. Right. And so we can definitely do some of that. And that, you know, we're already talking about some of that. One of the first aspects of that will be what we call life scale. Um, where, you know, this is on your tabletop, the map, but you can press a button and it grows up to fill your living room. And now you're in the dungeon in the perspective of your character. So you can zoom in there and literally look around uh, more like you're in virtual reality than augmented reality because it's filling your living room um, at the scene at hand. So you can, you know, gosh, can I see, you know, can I see this guy? Well, I don't know. Zoom into your character and what do you see when you look around? That's what you can actually see because this is all actual physical distances and stuff in terms of dark vision and light vision. And we're, you know, keeping track of what your characters can do and can't and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, life scale, you know, is going to be the first step in that direction. Um, and then, you know, you can imagine, 
you know, WizKid sells dragon heads, right, that you put on your wall or, you know, really cool artifacts. Like imagine those in augmented reality. So we have a dragon head that you just slayed. Your DM can give you the dragon's head. You can put it on your wall virtually. And when you look at it, it can breathe flame, right? Or it can talk. Like we can animate these things now and have all this yeah. really cool stuff. So that's what I was talking about with like the persistent state of things where you can stick things somewhere and they actually stay there. Um, and that's going to be most practical when, when you, people start wearing glasses often, but it still works, you know, with your phone and your tablet, you know, when you move it over there and look at it, it'll be there on the wall. Um, so there's all kinds of cool things that we're thinking about, uh, doing that kind of stuff. What about like real time facial tracking of other people at your table, right? So now you're looking at your, your party members, but they are costumed garbed as their character the or the dm is switching to the different npc faces like is, is that all come down the road for us like in the in this fantastic future we're talking about yeah absolutely i mean you can already see that stuff that's some of the earliest stuff out is um you know if you use your camera like a bunch of apps that can well it's like your memojis on your phone right on your yeah. iphone if you've got that where it perfectly tracks your facial expressions and maps you know dogs and snapchat lenses or the different things yeah, yeah all that stuff right so that stuff is there we're looking at doing that in the 3d perspective so that you can have a 3d avatar uh where all your facial expressions get mapped so yes yeah, so we could change out the dm to be the npc we can change out you know this is where the the remote play comes in so when people aren't around the table they can beam in and you can see their video and their avatar and we're experimenting with the stuff what what is the best blend of the technology right now, but definitely the future is going to be your avatar, however you want that to be. Imagine like, you know, a Fortnite model where you're customizing your avatar, kind of like the Hero Forge model, right? Where you go in and instead of making a mini, you're making an avatar, and then that can represent you, but it's fully animated around the table. Um, because you do actually see the people wherever they are around the table, that is where they are around the map at their own table. Um, so everything is synchronized in that way. Insane, mind blowing stuff. Like I could, I could talk about it forever. So selfishly, thank you for coming on and, and letting me uh, just geek out over this. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned the Kickstarter, which should be live as this episode drops today. So for early right. access to to the Arcana um, tool on Mirrorscape, can you talk a bit more about what people can expect uh, in that Kickstarter? Pardon me, expecting that Kickstarter? Yeah, um, uh, you definitely want to get there today. We have a very cool day one exclusive with some uh, digital replica of death saves dice um so you want to get here today and you'll get those uh, uh day one exclusive um so thanks to joe manganello and death saves for that um some really cool stuff um being able to replicate those digitally the cool thing is i didn't mention too is that the dice the virtual dice that you roll um actually bounce off your real tabletop <laughs> So that's the cool thing that you get with augmented yeah. reality. Um, so it's pretty crazy. And then they can fall behind the table and it's just totally realistic. Um, so we've got those. Uh, and then we've got, you know, several different tiers um, so that you can come in and you can build. We've partnered with Dwarven Forge and Fat Dragon Games for terrain. Um, so you can come in and pick up uh, several packs, either caverns, dungeons, or cities, um, and mix and match those. We've also partnered with Reaper Minis, um, which is great. I've been painting for many, many years, or trying to, as I said, not very good. Um, we're bringing their their library in uh, digitally uh, and painting all of those up, so you'll get painted Reaper Minis. Um, and there's various packs available. Uh, you get a starter set of Hero Minis, as well as um, various monster packs that you can add on. Um, 
So there's all kinds of combinations of terrain and minis as well as the base pack. You can get early beta access. Um, so you can be one of uh, a few early beta subscribers um, with access to our Discord and, and get it early, um, several months early. Um, and some cool, unique uh, exclusives that you want to check out. Very cool. Well, uh, as we mentioned, uh, I assume they can go to mirrorscape.com and there will be a link there, but there will be a link in the show notes as well. So make sure um, y'all are going and checking it out. I am a, I'm very, very excited. I'd like, you've been working on this, like you said, for, you know, three plus years now, and uh, it's kind of coming to the first, the first of many steps of fruition. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, it's hard to believe that it's been three years, both it seems very long and also not long at all, <laughs> you know, like the development, yeah, like yeah. I said, it's just been really fun to work on and I'm really enjoying it. And this is something I want, right? Like this is a passion project. Like I wanted this, this is why I did this in the first place. So it's built from a place of love um, and everybody on board uh, loves it and, you know, wants to be a part of it. And I hope uh, everybody out there does too. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to see how it goes. Um, th- speaking of things I'm excited about, I'm excited about my Patreon. Uh, that's called a segue, dear listener. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, you can uh, support the show there. And when you do, you get access to the zone of truth segment, which is one of my favorite segments that we do on the show where uh, each and every guest I have on, we hang out after we finish the the normal record that maybe you're listening to right now. And we just chat a little bit longer. Uh, I tell people, you know, pick a thing that you're like super passionate about. Like if you got to hang out with somebody at a party and they were excited about whatever you wanted to share with them, what cool hobby or obsession would it be? And so uh, I always enjoy having those discussions again to share that with my supporters so if you want to access to those go to patreon.com slash roll for persuasion subscribe and you get access to all future episodes as well as a back catalog but grant i'm wondering what are what are you what are you super into right now like what are you excited about what can we chat about for you know a few extra minutes i mean you know the of course the stuff that you would expect here right which is tabletop gaming and you know playing fantasy-based games which i love and haven't been able to do enough because I've been working on uh, Arcana and, and all this stuff for so long. Um, but, you know, I love, um, you know, hanging out with friends. I love going to the beach. I love reading. Um, I love playing games, video games as well. Uh, I'm about to tee up Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> mm, <laughs> but it's yeah. kind of scary just because of the time suck that that's going to be. So, you know, I try to like, play more casual games, but I've also kind of dived back into some of the ones that I missed in the past, um, like Planescape Torment, right? The old kind of uh, 2D for 3D game, uh, like the original Baldur's Gates 1 and 2, yeah. you know, that kind of style. Um, so going back in and playing those, which themselves are just, you know, hugely expansive. So it's just, uh, you know, hard to find the time, but uh, yeah, I love playing games too. Yeah, well, let, let's talk. Let's talk about video games then, because uh, I especially kind of like that you're bringing up some of the the older fun game stuff that I remember playing. So, uh, we'll we'll dig into to a bit of that, and uh, I don't know, see what comes up. So, if you're interested in hearing that or many many other conversations, like I said, subscribe at Patreon.com/slash/roll for persuasion. Uh, Grant, thank you so much for joining. It was so great having you on and getting to catch up. I'm looking forward to the Kickstarter and the company and. You know, just again, my, my nerdy little tech loving heart is uh, so amped for this. So I'm excited. We got to chat about it. Awesome. Thank you so much. That makes me, that makes me feel good. <laughs> and just here at the end, where can people find mirror escape? Where can they find you? If you are active online and want to share that, don't feel like you have to, uh, but where, where can people check out what y'all have going on? The easiest places go to mirrorscape.com. 
that's our main website uh, and you can check out the Arcana platform on there. We've got some promo videos. Um, we have a subscribe link so you can uh, sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss any uh, great info that's coming out um, as well as a link to the Kickstarter, um, which is live today. So you can uh, check out all that there. We also have team bios uh, with um, you know uh, links to our LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff like that. And then all of the social channels for Mirror Escape, uh, we hang out in a lot as well. So that is Instagram.com, Facebook.com, Twitter.com slash Mirror Escape XR. Fantastic. So make sure you go and check all of those out. Uh, early congratulations since we're talking from the past to the future on Kickstarter launch. Uh, very excited for y'all. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you want to keep up with the show, uh, please follow me on Twitter at Roll Persuasion. Go to RollPersuasion.com to see whatever I happen to put on my website. And uh, on whatever podcast platform you use, do all the normal things. Uh, like, subscribe, comment. Can you comment on podcasts? I don't know. Rate and review. Whatever you do, <laughs> share it with your friends. Uh, I always appreciate hearing people discover the show and the uh, nearing, at this point, 100 episodes in the catalog of Roll for Persuasion. So that's been a fun journey to get to share with y'all. So enjoy, and until next time, enjoy your games. <laughs>